0: I have the privilege of introducing to you our guest speaker this morning. Uh, His name is David Boyd and his wife Mary Boyd, who is right down here. And uh, they served here at Bethany for how many years, David? Nine years. Nine years Mm -hmm. as the kids pastors here at Bethany Assembly. And uh, I know you have incredible, incredible memories of this place. Oh, yeah just sitting here and the, the things that happened in this sanctuary and walking through the,
1: the many rooms across this church and the basement filled with kids and my office right up in there where all the stuff happened. And, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of memories.
0: Yeah. What this group of people may not know mm-hmm. is how you impacted my life years ago. So from Bethany, you went to the national office. You were the uh, national children's ministry director yeah. over all of kids ministry nationally, yeah and um, I'm probably going to cry. So
1: <laughs> I still am. They gave me back the title recently, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah, and um, Dave has faithfully served in there. But what Dave doesn't is is Dave poured into my life years and years and years ago. I was a young kid's pastor and, uh, in Ashgrove, Missouri. And uh, Dave began pouring in, and I remember just you. I remember sitting there at Mount Hope when I became a kid's pastor there. Yeah. And we brought you in, and you were training and working with me and teaching me sleight of hand and how to do these illusions and all these different things. And it was really cool when you made me disappear and stuff. And, yeah. He got it, too. You yeah. Know. yeah. And uh, But I, I just... I just want to say thank you, David. Um, thank you, Mary, for uh, how you poured into both me and Kasha, and uh, how you've poured into hundreds, if not probably thousands, of other kids pastors around the country, around the world. That's right. And um, it's yeah. So it's crazy how you were here pouring in, and I don't know if this is in your message, so I may be ruining it, taking stuff right. from you, but you're here yeah. nine years. That yeah, I leave, and then you leave, and you've come. And then I'm over here, yeah. and I'm in these spots, and you're pouring into me in all these spots, and then all of a sudden God brings me here, and I remember yeah. when you and I were talking. So I mean, I'm gonna
1: come back and be the senior citizen's director
0: someday. <laughs> The way you're moving right now. <laughs> oh. he, he, had, he had knee surgery, and uh, if you guys could be praying, his, yeah. his knee has been acting up quite a bit. just started yesterday. Yes,
1: yesterday. It just like I woke up, and I could hardly walk on it. And, and um, you know, i had a pretty normal life for the last six months, but yeah. it wasn't normal yesterday. So. Yeah.
0: And uh, so, anyways, yeah. would you please stand to your feet and give a warm welcome to David Boyd? Thank you. Oh wow.
1: <laughs> you can certainly be seated. I'm going to ask Mary to come up and say a word or two if she would. And uh, as she comes up, let me ask you a question. I want you to think of somebody who mentored you, and I want you to think of one word which describes them. Now some people have hard time with this because when I point to them, their one word is more like a sentence. <laughs> one word. Take that sentence, boil it down to one word, because in a little while I want to be able to ask, what's that one prayer If you could boil it all the way down to one word, what would it be? Mary, say, say hi to everybody. Well, we are heart. so
2: excited to be back here. And Brian, you got me crying, so I could hardly talk. Uh, we actually came in 1987. That was 31 years ago. We were the first children's pastors to be hired here at Bethany Assembly. Because when we came, this church had a huge ministry to kids. It's not like we just started that ministry. They had buses that went out and vans that went out and picked up the kids every week. And the program got so big that people started praying that we needed somebody to come in and just organize and run this program. And Madeline Burkhart was one of the people that we heard or were told that prayed and prayed that God would send a children's pastor. Now back then, the children's pastors were a new movement, a new thing in the Assemblies of God. There weren't very many of them. And so we were children's pastors in North Dakota and the Burkhart family prayed us over here and we came to Bethany and really got things running, and it was to the point on Wednesday nights, we had over 500 and Royal Rangers and Missionettes. It was called Missionettes back then, and it was just exciting, a lot of people. So I kind of want to do this little poll thing. If back then, between 1987 and 1996, when we left, if you worked in any area of children's ministries, raise your hand.
1: Or if you were a kid. If you're
2: still around, no, I was going to do kids next. <laughs> yeah, but I was look at looking all the hands. Workers, you're still all you know? over this place. Yes, thank you. Man. When you work with kids, you're raising up and training the next generation. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's not babysitting. It's not keeping the kids quiet so you guys can enjoy your service. Children's Ministries is training up raising up that generation so should the lord tarry they're going to be the next ones taking over all that we do and coming to become missionaries so david and i are now at the national office and our main portfolio is bgmc and you heard your children's leader there talk about bgmc and we are able to travel the world training people in children's ministries, working in the U.S., seeing what projects BGMC can do and what has been done. And last year, the Kids of America raised $8.3 million. So that's so exciting. Next year, BGMC celebrates its 70th anniversary. So we have all kinds of plans for Buddy's birthday party and stuff. And so we're making a history books like what you guys are doing. You're celebrating your 75th, you're pulling out history. So that's what I've been doing. And it was really interesting because I came across a quote out of our archives where the first meeting with the Sunday School Department and World Missions, they got together discussing, should they start a missions program with kids? Because World Missions was concerned, if we don't start teaching kids about missions, we won't have missionaries someday. We needed to raise them up. And so one of the quotes back then, somebody in the committee said, well, I don't think we should really take up any kind of offerings for the kids. What can the kids give? They've got nothing to contribute. Hello, 70 years later, we've raised over $155 million for missions. So, all those pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters add up. So, continue to teach your kids, they need you. And David's going to be talking about that today. How important it is for you to invest in the kids. Not only your own kids, but your nieces, your nephews, but the kids of this church. They need you. So volunteer your time once a month, every week, every other week, because you can make a difference in the life of a child. Thanks.
1: Thanks. Thanks, Mary. Casey, I'm going to have you uh, stand up and get six big guys and wait right over here for me, all right? Total of seven, and uh, I got my PowerPoint up there ready to go. One more thing about our our history, when we were in North Dakota prior to here, I was getting calls every week from pastors wanting me to be their children's pastor, not because I was so good, but because there weren't very many. (laughs) So they'd hear about me and Mary, and they'd call us up, and they'd say, hey, we want you to be our children's pastors. We prayed about it, and we want you to come, and I'd say... Well, i really don't uh i probably need some time to pray about it and they said something like well if you can't do it who else could do it do you have any ideas you know be like this and i i used to say i just want a pastor to say pray about it you know so i get this call from bill leach the pastor that was here and he said i want you to consider being our children's pastor he said i want you to take a month and see if it's from god and i hung up the phone called mary and said we're moving (laughs) because God spoke to me at that moment because he was so anointed that he would have us pray for a month I didn't know they were still raising the money to pay our salary and they didn't have any so he was buying time but it, it came across to me that he wanted us to pray so that's how we got here so pretty pretty amazing pretty neat so Leading the way of the next generation, if they'll flip that over there, Joshua chapter four is an interesting passage. It says, choose, you, choose 12 men from among the people. Now I just picked seven because of time. And uh, tell them to take 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan and to uh, place them on their shoulders. Now, I'm gonna have these guys come over here and grab seven chairs and put them on your shoulders if you would, right over here, just seven chairs right over there, put them on your shoulders now it's interesting the Bible says put it on your shoulder why didn't he say put it in your pocket I think God was kind of showing them that he didn't want little stones he wanted big boulders All right. now be careful it's a little bit dark in here I don't want you to you know bang somebody or something like that but there you go we're getting them up on your shoulders and it said that they then began to walk so just go right around the circle of the church you know kind of make your way and uh, yeah that's probably what happened They're grabbing these stones. They're putting them on their shoulders, and everybody's pointing. You guys can point if you want to. Everybody's pointing, and they're like, "What are those guys doing?" You know, and uh, and they didn't have to carry it very long. Just about twelve hours. It says they picked them up and they carried them to where they stopped that night. So you can imagine, as they are, are, yeah, that same thing would happen. They'd bump into each other and they'd begin to slip. And, and uh, but I'm sure they picked the mighty men because it was one for a tribe. So it was like they would have looked around and they'd have gone, "Oh, where's Pastor Brian? Yeah, mighty man. and they'd have grabbed him. It was interesting. Casey didn't grab Brian. Anyway, um, <laughs> don't read into that. Okay, Casey might have, you know, not known if he should or shouldn't, you know. Anointed man of God bother him in the middle of the service, so I, I'm sure it had nothing to do with strength. Anyway, um, so so here's what the Bible says. They have them doing, and everybody's talking about it. I'm sure because these guys are walking, and and they don't know what God's doing. You don't know what God's doing. You don't know what I'm doing. I mean, it's just pretty amazing. But I'm going to have you guys nor because of this length of the service. You know, I won't make you go around nine times or anything. So come up here, though. I want you to build something with this. Four, four chairs, side by side, back to back. So just, yeah, that would be fine. Put it right up there. And then, and then two on top of that. And then maybe one on the very top. So let's see if you guys can build this monument. The, the scripture says that it is to be a sign. It is to be a sign. I'll read it to you. It's to serve as a sign for the future. Yeah, something like that. You guys are excellent. And then, yeah, okay, now we're going to see exactly how well they can, they can do. That's, that's amazing. Excuse me, they need a little architectural help. Um, why don't you take this one off a second? Take this one. You got it? Okay. That's a winner. All right, hold it there, just like that. All right, stay there for the service. Okay. So... But this is what it would have looked like. Give my he man a big hand for helping me.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Let me give you Oh, you got it now. Let me. That it works perfect. Excellent. Give them a hand. That's great. This actually happened though. God actually put together an object lesson for the million Israelites that were out there, everybody talked about the monument. Boy, they got it up there, <laughs> didn't they? I'm glad it's not close to me. <laughs> <laughs> then, the, this is what the scripture says this becomes a sign for the future when your children ask, What is that? It opens the door for you to talk about all the great things god has done god was so concerned with the children of the the future the children of that day the children that were coming that he created this monument it was probably the only permanent thing he could have done he couldn't print something there wasn't printers back i mean it, it, it it was just an amazing object lesson that god was putting together for the future It's a lasting legacy go ahead and flip through that PowerPoint if you would it says what do what do these stones mean it's a lasting legacy it's a it's something so that when the kids ask they're gonna hear about it now a minute ago I asked you what your what that one word is for somebody who mentored you so I'm gonna start over here does somebody have a one word you can shout out anybody what Priceless? Good. What else? Say it again. Trust. Okay. Sorry, I can't quite hear up here. Maybe it's me. I'm sure it's the building. But How about this section over here? There's a lot of people here. What what words would you say? Again? Passionate? Someone else? Giving? Faithful. Faithful? Wise, loving, patient, genuine, say it again, caring, okay, over here, honor, what, teacher, devoted, humble, never-ending, how about here, funny, thank you (laughs) he didn't like that comment about his muscles did he (laughs) now think of the words that weren't mentioned talented brilliant changing kids lives has nothing to do with how great you are It has all to do with how much how available you are how caring you are how devoted you are how honorable you are how loving you are that's what changes kids lives that's what changed your life that's what it means to change the life of the next generation and Jesus was trying to God was trying to get it started here when he was trying to say engage your kids in conversation about the things of God pastor David I don't have any kids guess what there's plenty of kids to go around there's kids in this city there's kids in this church and this church was built on reaching the kids in this community That's how it was started you'll hear more about that I'm sure in the history and the things that go on by the way my mentor her name was Audrey clay I think it's interesting that her, the first one she mentored would have been Bill Leach, who pastored this church and became the district superintendent of Michigan. And she mentored her son, Rich Clay, who was a pastor of this church, and Doug Clay, who's now the head of the Assemblies of God. And when Mary and I came, we were just young children's pastors. But boy, did we learn a lot <laughs> from Audrey Clay. In fact, there's times in my mind I feel like I have a bracelet on my hand that says, W-W- AC what would Audrey <laughs> Clay do
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jump out of your car and help that person that's what Audrey Clay would do you know <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 2 says remember today your children were not the ones who saw the discipline of the Lord and his majesty his hand his outstretched arm what the scripture is telling us is that we've seen God do things in our lives, and the kids haven't seen that yet. We've seen God do miracles, but the kids haven't seen those miracles yet. And believe it or not, they will fall in love with your God before he becomes their God. They will literally hear you praise the Lord and talk about what God has done in your life and they will want to serve your God. It's not their God yet. They can even be saved and really not know God. But they catch it from you more than they catch it from the Word. The Word's important, but it's still distant. I know that because I hear kids, more often times, they will, quote, they won't quote the Bible story they'll quote what their Sunday school teacher what their Wednesday night teacher that my teacher got got healed God did it and it's so exciting to them because it was one-on-one and that's what that's what the scripture saying here remember today your children were not the ones who saw all of this stuff God did your children didn't see it you gotta tell them. and then it goes on to say quite a few things we jump by them pretty fast but it says His majesty. Anybody had God do a miracle in your life? Raise your hand a second. Do the kids of this church know about your miracle? Have you told them? Have the kids around you heard of your miracle? Have you told them? Because God may not just do the miracle because He loves you. He might do the miracle so that you can tell the kids how amazing God is because they will fall in love with your god before they even realize he's their god and then it says his outstretched arm the mighty hands he performed in egypt but it also says what he did to dathan and Abiram. now that's not one of your more normal bible stories But those two people complained, and they and their they and their families lost their lives. Just because they were extremely bitter and complaining, and and so why would you want to teach the kids that? Because God's not a big one on complaining, is he? It also uses the word the experience, the discipline of the Lord. Haven't anybody ever been disciplined from by the Lord before? I know I have. God wants you to share that with the kids. Why should they go through the same things that you went through? Make the same mistakes that you went through? The grace of God is that He forgives you. Maybe you're here and you made a baby and you hadn't gotten married yet. God forgives you and your life goes on but that story you could still influence young ladies in the youth group by saying I wish I wish I wish It hadn't happened. As you share the more difficult moments in your life with the next generation, you save them from walking down the same path. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you spent six months in jail. Don't be embarrassed by that when you have the opportunity. Explain what you learned. How you wish your life had been different. Because you all have the ability to impact the kids of this church the teenagers of this church of this community can be the server who's waiting on you at at the restaurant you're at just your smile and your genuineness and your openness or just noticing the tear in their eyes there's something wrong find out what it is and then do what audrey clay would do (laughs) in second kings chapter 21 another interesting passage talks about manassas manassas is the king very much like a the pastor but anyway the king and uh but manassas had been king for 55 years and he was wicked and in fact the bible goes on to say that he did detestable acts he was more evil than the amorites the ungodly people the The Israel's king was worse than all of them. He even sacrificed his own son as a baby into the fire. So here was this wicked king. His son took over. His son was wicked. And then his grandson was named Josiah. And it says in 2 Kings 22, 1 through 2, he was eight years old when he became king. And he served God. So why did Josiah serve God when his grandfather and father were evil? For 55 years, plus his father's two years, 57 years. Think of how far back that would go, like 1959 or something. Somewhere in that neighborhood, 59, 61. That's how far back it would go if we had an evil king that lived for 55 years. Imagine the nation, how horrible it was. So why did Josiah live for God? Is because of one of you someone just like you maybe more than one you see when I was a kid I rode a bus to church that's why we always believed in bus ministry because they're not bus kids they're just kids who need a ride I didn't know I was a bus kid until I was an adult I didn't know there was a name for me <laughs> I just needed a ride and they knocked on my door and brought me to church. And, and then people loved on me. I have a book out in the lobby I just wrote. I'll talk about that in a minute. But, but um, strong enough to last. It's, it's the cornerstone of our children's ministries for the Assemblies of God right now. And it's for parents and it's for leaders. And uh, a lot of it's about my life. And uh, in in the chapter on bold enough to share their faith, which is one one of the eight goals, making kids so so confident that they're willing to tell others about Jesus. Those kids are less apt to leave God if they're telling others about God. And in the book, I mentioned that when I was 13, I was shoveling snow and for ladies, you know, people, and I was getting three dollars for shoveling snow, and no matter how deep it was. So I'd pray for little snows, not big snows, you know. But this elderly lady her husband was bedridden and I shoveled her snow and and she'd open the door up a little crack and she'd hand her little three dollars out to me and I remember praying that God I, I want to lead her to Jesus. Well, now, years later, I'm asking myself the question, why did a 13-year-old bus kid even know that people needed Jesus? How did he know that he could pray to God and ask God to help him? How did he have a passion for the lost? It wasn't anything I did. It was because of leaders like you who influenced me. My bus drivers and my Sunday school teachers and the children's church teachers and by that point, the youth leaders, the no cheese of the world, they invested in me. That's what it means to change the next generation. It means that we're, we're going to reach Josiahs. The Bible doesn't say who reached Josiah. But somebody did. Somebody was caring. Somebody was loving. Somebody was available. Somebody was funny. Somebody was... <laughs> somebody was there to reach josiah and it changed an entire nation it might have put a million people into the kingdom of god that's how valuable you can be it's not age there's no age limit when i left bethany I said goodbye to the workers that we had. One worker's name was Romaine Taylor. She was in Missionettes. Some of you remember her. And uh, she walked with a walker to her Missionettes room where she would help the star girls with their memory work. And about a year after I left, she wrote me a letter and she said, Pastor Boyd. I've been teaching missionettes for 24 years. As you know, my health isn't good. I'm using a walker, but now I'm going blind. And I remember pausing and thinking, I'm gonna call Rich Clay on the phone because he was still the pastor then. And I'm I'm gonna have him do a." a plaque on the wall or something you know she deserves to be honored you know and I'm wiping my tears away and then I read and says you got to pray for me I've got to memorize those 140 scriptures otherwise my ministry will be over but she vowed to memorize every scripture so that she could listen to the girl's memory work even though she couldn't see she wasn't even done then It's not about age it's about availability caring loving compassionate faithful funny and all of those sorts of things who will reach this generation a kids church leader a youth leader a wednesday night leader a children's pastor sunday school teacher that's the kind of person who reached josiah I'm here to tell you, you have a mighty place in God's plan. Everybody's schedule's different, I know that. But if you've got a neat story, God did a miracle in your life, tell, tell the pastor, hey, I want to go in sometime and tell my testimony in kids' church. I'll tell you, those kids will remember you. You'll be so important in their life when they say, that person right there, he was supposed to be dead, but God healed him. They get so excited about those miracles when they know the person that it happened to. So tell your stories. And even tell the things, I mean, you don't have to go into details, but, you know, you can say to kids, hey, I didn't serve God until I was 18. I wished I was serving God at your age. There's stuff I looked at that's still in my mind. I wish it wasn't there. wish I had never looked at filthy stuff. It's still there. You know, promise yourself right now, ask God, say, God, guard my eyes. Tell those kids that. Because they're more apt to listen to you because you're sitting there saying, I wish I hadn't done that. You don't have to go into great detail. You have a mighty place in God's plan. So my book that we wrote, Strong Enough to Last, has eight principles about taking kids. And I call them cornerstones. Now, normally a building is square. There's only four cornerstones, so it's not a perfect object lesson. But think of eight cornerstones, each one an anchor in a kid's life. One of them being prayer, teaching them to pray. I've heard so many testimonies of somebody coming back to Jesus. I dropped in the alley right there and I began to pray. And I'm like, who taught him to pray? Because that was an anchor. See, it was there when they were finally ready to turn their life around. Worship. When you spend time in worship, Someday, some teacher's going to say, how do you know God's real? Number one answer, I felt him in worship. I was there. Why were tears coming down your face? Because you felt the presence of God. Number two answer, he answered my prayers. My grandpa was dying. I prayed for my grandpa. The doctor said he wouldn't make it. My grandpa came out of the hospital. He's still living. I felt him. He answers my prayers. Those become cornerstones to their lives. The Word of God, biblically fluent is what we call it. We want kids to know that the Bible is their training manual. So rather than saying abortion is wrong, say, let's see what the Bible says about abortion. Here, let's look at this passage. It says, before you were even born, God knew your name. All the days he planned for you before you were even born. God knew you were going to be a doctor and that you were going to have a cure for cancer. Or God knew that you were going to do this. Or God knew that you were going to do this. And then you can ask the kids, do you think God wants that child to die after he's already planned their life out? See? let them learn to go to the Bible as their place to find out what it says you may have to find the passages for them but when the Word of God becomes their instruction manual its its it's good for them it's strong for them talk about that there's more than one Bible out there there's a Mormon Bible there's a Muslim Bible there's an Islamic Bible why is our Bible different why do we believe our Bible is right Number one, it was written by people who were holy, not evil, holy. It was written by many people, and yet it fits together like a glove. Things were written in the Old Testament about a man named Jesus who was going to die on a cross and be pierced in his side, and it all came true a thousand years later. The prophecies of the Bible proved the Bible's real. And our Bible says our God is alive. Everybody else's Bible says their God died. You can pray in Acts chapter 2, it says you can be filled with the Spirit. You can pray and it happens. The proof of the Bible being correct happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's so many things that you can teach them. Spirit-empowered is the very baptism of the Holy Spirit that we, that we want to talk about. Um, so many stories around this altar and things that have happened at this altar. Back then, I remember one of the pastor's sons was praying next to his dad when he was young, saying, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, Scooby-Dooby-Doo, because that sounded like his dad's prayer language. I talked to Doug Clay before I came today, and he wanted me to thank this church. He says, I have many spiritual dads in this church. When his dad passed away as pastor of this church, Art Clay, when Doug was nine years old, he said most of the time he felt lucky because he had lots of dads. He talked about a few of them. I know Galen Ingle was his Sunday school teacher for a while. Gary McMunn was one of the ones he mentioned, his Royal Ranger leader. I know Marg Huckel is here somewhere, Her spouse but he said this church was there to rescue him and there's kids in this city who don't have dads that need to be rescued just like Doug Clay their lives are so special they just need people to love on them and help them actively serving we want to teach our kids to get involved in ministry imagine a giant potluck but nobody brought meals that's a church where nobody gets involved. Imagine a giant potluck with only 20 meals and 300 people. That's just 20 people that did their share. A church is made up of people who each find their niche. By the way, the worship team up here was amazing this morning. Thank you guys. It was very, very, it was just amazing to see, and it was so wonderful to feel the presence of God in this church that I love so much there was a big piece of my heart that stayed here bold in faith <laughs> we like to teach our kids using a mcdonald's straw because everywhere you go there's mcdonald's and they have straws and we teach them that though your sins be as scarlet they shall be made white as snow and the golden arch uh, streets of heaven are awaiting Every Christian someday in heaven. Just something as simple as that. Kids are out there somewhere. They stop for McDonald's on the way home from soccer practice, and the kid goes, oh, "Your sins are scarlet, everybody." But God wants to, you know. And they get to tell the story. It's funny. I know. Sorry, it's kind of hard to see in the back. I got a bigger one here. I was in Texas, and uh, in Texas everything's bigger, you know. And uh, in Texas their cokes are so big. Yeah, <laughs> they're Cokes, they're so big, that, yeah, they have the mega, bol- mega cup Cokes, you know, they're really, really big like this, you know, so this really works good to teach them about, about being bold in their faith, you know, and uh, next time you're in check, you know, stop at McDonald's, ask him for the big straw, you know, it's, it's there. But uh, I know I'm being funny, Pastor Brian. But but we want our kids to be bold in their faith. Right? We do. We want them to give sacrificially. BGMC is what we talk about. Why we talk about it, there's something about a kid who decides early in life it's all about others instead of it's all about me. It's like an insulation against the world who's going to tell them that unless you own this and own this and own this and own this and dress like this and have this, that you're nobody. And suddenly you get kids who are willing to give up their birthday gifts so they can help bless someone around the world. It becomes an anchor. About 85% by my best calculation of our missionaries filled up a buddy barrel when they were kids. Now BGMC was only in a third of our churches. So 85% of our churches (laughs) or our missionaries came from one-third of our churches but more importantly they live for God the rest of their life or they wouldn't be missionaries even missions becomes an anchor when a child is willing to start giving up what they have for the lost of the world it's one more anchor in their foundation that says I'm gonna live for God in a way that's strong enough to last amen let me share one last scripture and then I'll have Pastor Brian come. Second Kings 23-25. It says, Neither before nor after was there a king like Josiah who turned to the Lord as he did with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his strength. Doug Clay is a product of this church. I am a product of a church that reached out to kids. This church has a heritage of impacting this city by loving on their kids. I could go on and on, Lois Himes, their family grew up in this church. They rode a bus when they were young. Now there's Angel and her Christian family and Sarah and her Christian family and Bonnie and her family, all living for God. In my family, I had six brothers and sisters that rode that bus. And all six of us have Christian families all over this country. The seed that you plant goes on and on and on and on. Would you bow with me? Father, I ask. I ask, Lord, that you would, in this season of celebrating the history of this church, that you would rev up this church to impact the people of this community and all of the communities surrounding this great church that every place we go that we would be we, we would be desirous of impacting people for the gospel young people young people in their first jobs kids and teenagers kids without dads kids without moms and that, Lord, that when, this, when the kids came into this church, that there would be people to love on them. Even substitutes, Lord. But who go in to share their stories and love on the kids. Bless the kids. Help the kids. the Nurseries of this church. That are there not just to bless the kids that are there, the babies that are there, but to bless the mom. Who maybe for the first time in a long time gets to sit in a service and enjoy while somebody else is caring for her child. May this church be the church that would reach someone like me who needed a ride to church. May back seats be filled with neighbors who need a ride to church. Sister Clay rode in the back seat of somebody's car when she came to church. And her heritage is is spread around the globe. That somebody brought her in a car to church. May we be that person. May our lives not be stagnant. May our not lives not be about us, but may our lives be about others. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior, I do want to give you a chance to do that. Maybe you slipped in. Maybe you came with a friend. But it's so easy. You simply say, God, here I am. I give you my life. Wash my sins away. If that's you and you're here and you need to pray that prayer, just whisper it right now with me. Say, dear God, here I am all my good all my bad wash my sins away and make me a new person in your name I pray